Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is the Texas Football Today UIL Realignment Special. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on TexasFootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or Twitter, right? Yes, sir. Or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. But uh, I think a lot of you guys are watching us live because this is a pretty big day. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. Over there at the helm today is the Duchess of the Dorks, Ashley Pickle. Howdy, team. Happy realignment day. Happy realignment. And sitting to my left, they call him the... I didn't think of Everyone's favorite. <laughs> I was going to say, like, the, the roustabout of realignment, the... Uh, the sure the the ruler of realignment. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that uh, works too. Ishmael Johnson joining me here uh, in studio. Uh, we made it in. the The weather is hairy, but we made it in. Yeah, because this, fair because this is a big day. This is arguably the biggest day in Texas high school football, at least for the next two years. And uh, a lot of coaches are snowed in. A lot of coaches are about to find coaches, teams, players, communities about to find out their fate. The UIL realignments are set to go live at 9 a.m. Uh, we will have them up on TexasFootball.com as quickly as we can, um, and we will have instant reaction, instant analysis. We've got big name guests lined up coming up here on the uh, on the program, so you will want to stay tuned for that. We'll be joined by Alito head coach Tim Buchanan. We'll be joined by Wink head coach Brian Gibson, and we'll be joined by Rockport Fulton head coach. Jay Seibert, plus Matt Stepp will be calling in to get his take on the realignments as they come out. Uh, but Ish, yep. it's a big day. It's a day of nerves. Yes. It's a day, there's a there's a <laughs> lot of nervous energy in the state of Texas right now. Yeah, by the way, shout out to the RGV because, uh, uh, of course, a lot of people are – a lot of realignment uh, meetings and then kind of uh, events are being canceled. Of course, a lot of districts are being shut down because of the weather right now. RGV is still kicking because the weather hasn't really – I don't know if it's going to hit them or if it definitely hasn't hit them yet, but apparently they're still having – So we're there. moving the offices down to the RGV. Is that what we're Listen, saying? There's yeah, nothing sure. wrong with that. <laughs> I better not get any Parker jokes today. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Matt Stepp. <laughs> uh, remember, we're waiting till if you're – if you're wondering, well, what are we talking about? Uh, we're kind of killing time. We're mm-hmm. waiting until 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock is when the UIL realignments are set to go live on the UIL website. Uh, we will then have instant reaction. Um, but we've gone through a number of the paces. You can go to TexasFootball.com to see what we've what we've got our eye on uh, going into this. There are obviously some notable teams that are moving up, some notable teams that are moving down. Uh, the thing that I always look forward to in realignment is it feels like there's always one or two surprises. There's mm-hmm. always one or two. Mm-hmm. I don't want to... We had Dr. Susan Elza, the UIL athletic director, in here last week. And and I don't want to start accusing her of having fun. But I will say this. I do think there's some times when the UIL looks and it's like, oh, shake things up a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and, and I wonder what... 
I'm interested to see what is going to shock people. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm interested yeah. to see what is going to be the thing that 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 nobody really sees coming. We've got the uh, everyone's got their mock realignments out mm-hmm. there. Matt Stepp's got them up on TexasFootball.com if you want to get them uh, for the next five minutes before they. Sorry, Step. It kind of becomes meaningless here in about five minutes <laughs> expires. Yeah. Uh, but there's going to be something that nobody saw coming. It feels like. Yeah. I, I mean, like we because we know which schools are going up and which schools are going down mm-hmm. based on the, the the snapshot numbers. And but of course placement. Mm-hmm. Placement just it, it could especially when you get to the metro areas when they could go kind of either way and then you get to those borderline teams where some teams could go region one some teams go region two region three versus four things like that like oh, and sometimes i mean i remember a couple years ago sam marcus went from region four to region two like, yeah and, which is and, such right. a crazy flip yeah yeah so like it, it, it it's you never know exactly where just because the team's moving up or down mm-hmm. classification you never know exactly where the placement just happens to fall from. well and i've seen a lot of coaches on twitter this week going are we going to go north and south or are we going to go east and west and i think that that's how a lot of them think about right. it is you've got basically two pockets of options and it's either going whoop or it's either going whoop so it's a mm-hmm. one one of the two uh this is uh well, that's kind of what's interesting there's gonna there's a lot of teams that are like on margins and those are where we're gonna pay attention we've talked a lot about lufkin right lufkin mm. do they go north to play teams like tyler and longview do they go south to play teams like beaumont in the houston area things like that um do they go you know the teams like that stephenville's another example do they go west do they go back to central texas dfw metroplex those teams on the margins that's what's going to be interesting another thing to keep in mind that i think is really important i've been trying to hammer this home for people keep an eye on regions okay because the regions are what end up shaping the bracket um remember that there are teams the way i put it uh, to a, a buddy of mine i was like think about the idea of flipping from the afc to the nfc mm-hmm. you know what i mean that mm-hmm. can happen uh today and or, or flipping changing divisions like if the, if your titans were to go from the afc south to the afc north right their whole sk- situation would change right their teams are going to be facing that right now everyone's going to find out their fate of uh, in realignment coming up here in about four minutes uh, on the uil website well another thing that you brought up that is really funny to think about too when you specifically get into the difference between a possible like district eight or district nine like that's totally different sides of the bracket too like that's always something that i find the Mm -hmm. most interesting to look for is where are those teams that are kind of right there in the middle falling because that literally shakes up the entire side of the bracket well and it's going to be the kind of thing where it's like you you take a look at teams that are um that that like where the power nexus is going to lie you know we've talked a lot uh, a, a perfect example. I would say that when you take a look at 2A Division One Region 4, mm-hmm. 2A Division One Region 4 has long been Shiner, Mason, Refuria, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. One thing we've got our eye on, does Mason move out of Region 4? That's a, a real possibility just because of where they are. They're kind of in the hill country uh, kind of area, kind of Concho Valley. They could move out of Region 4. Could team like Marlin move into Region 4, which mm-hmm. would certainly do things. How do those power nexuses change uh, when Real Lemon is announced here in about three minutes? One thing I'm, I'm really fascinated by is the fact that you know is that it becomes a real conversation if this is the last realignment without a 7a yeah mm-hmm. you know because that yes. becomes that starts to become a real possibility mm-hmm. in the next realignment or at least or, and very much so the once after that if it doesn't happen next so is this the last classification where 6a is because we have some schools obviously moving up more you know we have a a state champion now in katie peta moving up um mm-hmm. to 6a so what does that look like in if it is the final reincarnation of the, what we know yeah. as six A? Yeah, we don't know that we don't know that seven A seven A is not inevitable. We, right. We've talked with um, you know Dr. Susan Elza and folks at the UIL. They've said that they're still considering that, mm-hmm. but you know we will find out exactly what it looks like uh, here in a minute. Talk for a minute, pickle, while I plug in my computer. 
Um, all right. Well, uh, no, when I hear, uh, yeah, no, you bring up a great point with 7A because that's one of those things that, like, in my time of covering high school football, I have not seen a transition of another classification. Obviously, mm-hmm. it started off where just 4A was the biggest and then 5A. Mm-hmm. And I was in school when 6A ended up happening, but I was young. And so it was like I haven't been able to see what that right. transition like. And it's very interesting to see how much goes into that and it's really geography more than anything to be honest because all the big schools you look at at the El Paso schools and stuff those are some of the biggest schools in the state but Mm -hmm. who in the heck are they supposed to go play you know teams on islands that's something we've got an eye on it is an 858 we are waiting for the UIL to uh, release the uh, alignments on Texas football or rather on their website we will then have it up on texasfootball.com as quickly as we can Um, another reminder just real fast if we go through this whole show and you're still a little bit confused about how realignment works we actually put out a video last Mm -hmm. week on our YouTube page you can go it's how Texas high school football works UIL realignment so if this sounds a little confusing to you and you want to dive more into it and really understand what's going on you can go to our YouTube page and see that Uh, yeah there's a lot of moving parts uh, 1,258, I believe, UIL teams are about to learn their fate here in the next minute or so as the UIL realignment is bearing down upon us. Um, you know, and that was the talk when we were at uh, uh, DFW Coaches Clinic. Mm. That's what mm-hmm. everyone wanted to talk about because, I mean, it really does shape. It's it's crazy to say that, like, it really does shape what all of these programs look like for the next two years. Yeah, it shapes, their, it shapes what they look like. It shapes their kind of trajectory. It shapes mm-hmm. careers like mm-hmm. it could Essentially, you know, because you could go from, you know, if you're if you're a program that's in kind of need of a of a jolt, right? Mm-hmm. And you and the, and the dominoes happen to fall your way, all all of a sudden you become a playoff favorite, essentially. Yeah. Or you could go from being a play a perennial playoff favorite to, you know, all of a sudden the battle for the top four is a bloodbath, right? And right. so, uh, yeah, it's always <laughs> this is kind of the the one time in you know every other every other year where everybody's kind of not many things in this world are like in genuine surprise anymore and like these are things that are just like genuine surprises yeah. to where everybody or it's the talk of the entire state for uh, like oh, a day basically it's nine o'clock we're waiting for the uil to post it it is due at any moment right now uh the new alignments for the next two seasons of texas high school football also basketball and volleyball mm-hmm. get around today so mm-hmm. shout out to them um i know you'll probably have something up on texas 24 about that as well we are waiting for the uil to go live with their alignments we will have instant analysis instant reaction as of that moment, it is now nine o'clock. It is the time that is is expected. We are waiting for word that the UIL has posted the alignments. We will get into it as soon as that comes down. Uh, but an exciting moment, uh, mm-hmm. tense moments here in across the state of Texas. This is the moment. It's, it's sad we're not in Birdville where we want it right. to be. Weather has prevented that to, uh, from happening. But uh, being in that room, you can sense those tensions. Mm-hmm. And and I I feel like a lot of coaches. It's like the opening kickoff to a state championship, especially especially. <laughs> at home who when they're cooped up a lot of them are home uh, from because of the weather uh, there's that kind of tension out there and so we are waiting for the UIL to uh, upload the uh, the realignments to their website we will find out uh, as soon as as soon as they come up uh, we will uh, get into what the realignments exactly look like. So we are all waiting along with well, you guys. <laughs> well, I guess we can say right now, too, um, there is a ton of people joining us, I think, for the first time. So we're here every day at noon. If you mm-hmm. want to join into Texas football today, just throwing that out there. Uh, We've got a ton of people watching. Uh, we are all kind of at the mercy of the UIL website at the moment. We are waiting for that to get uploaded uh, here. Uh, and as soon as as soon as that happens, we will get into exactly what we see and what it all means. As UIL realignment is officially upon us, Thursday, February 3rd. It's now 9.01. UIL's late. Oh, I'm going to write a letter to them. 
I'm going to write them a letter. I'm sure they would appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. They would see Greg Tepper and say, ooh, trash can. Yeah, exactly. That, 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 trust me. The, my emails are already <laughs> filtered to go uh, out. Uh, we will. Uh, we are awaiting the UIL alignments to be posted on the website. Uh, of course, there is big weather, so you never know what's going on down there. Uh, and we have it. It is 9.02 a.m., and we have breaking news. Scholastic League has announced the new districts for district for Texas high school football for the 2022 and 2023 seasons. They are being uploaded right now on TexasFootball.com. There is a ton to break down. It is a seismic moment in Texas high school football. We are here to break it down for you over the next hour and a half, going classification by classification. Let's start with what we see in Class 6. A. Big headlines across the state in Class 6A. The biggest one. SciFair ISD remains split across regions. There is a question as to whether or not they're going to consolidate into either Region 3 or Region 2. They remain split in District 16 and District 17. Hewitt Midway has moved out of District 11, uh, the District of Doom with DeSoto, Duncanville, and Cedar Hill. They have now moved down in with Temple, Pflugerville Weiss in District 12, uh, along with Hutto, who makes the move from Region 4 to Region Region 2, big time move there for the Hippos. Dallas Skyline takes the spot in District 11 6A. Dripping Springs is a new promotion to 6A. They will get quite a test in with Austin Westlake and Lake Travis in District 26 6A. An all-Katie ISD district in 196A. Uh, this is big time doings there. All-Katie ISD, including defending 5A Division One state champ uh, um, uh, Katie Pato. Um, all, um, uh, let's see. Also, the Rio Grande Valley and Laredo remain split. That was a big question as to what this was going to look like. Was the RGV and Laredo going to be merged in there? They remain split. So there you go, uh, Ish, your initial reaction to what we see in Class 6A. Uh, I mean, it's definitely that KD district. Um, you know, I, th- I think you have a uh, you added you had a state champion, a state champion, I should say, in Katie Pato, and so I think that having to consolidate them with, of course, Katie with Tompkins with Taylor as well, I think that becomes that was the immediate reaction because I was really curious to see where they would go, and naturally, of course, that works because you know you have all these schools now in six A, and it kind of becomes a, kind of a frenzy. It does. Six A is going to be a lot of fun. To five A Division One, we go where we get our first bombshell. District 3 5A Division 1, the Alito Bearcats will face off with Denton Ryan in District 3 5A Division 1 play for the next two seasons. A massive move as Alito moves up from Division 2 into Division 1 and they will draw a perennial power Denton Ryan in District 3. Abilene is going west to Amarillo and Lubbock. Big questions as to where they were going to go. The Eagles are making some long road trips to Amarillo and Lubbock. Another team on the mark Margins, Lufkin, they are going north to East Texas and DFW into District 7 with Longview and Tyler, as well Lancaster, who joins that district as well. That is a real power nexus in 5A Division 1. The Rio Grande Valley gets a pair of districts in 5A Division 1, now making up more than half of Region 4 in 5A Division 1. College Station and Magnolia have flipped out of Region 2 and into Region 3. Big doings there as Region 2 and Region 3 have now shifted a little bit. 
Also, Port Arthur Memorial and Crosby are into Region 2, into District 8. Crosby, of course, a promotion from Class 5A Division 2. They're into District 8 alongside Port Arthur Memorial. 5A Division 1, Ishmael, is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, look at, I mean, you look right at Alito, right? We've, we've mm -hmm. expected that to happen and because of the um, uh, snapshots and <laughs> Den Ryan in District 3. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's not only moving up, it's yeah. uh, moving up and facing against the Giants. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it is stunning. To 5A Division 2 we go. Headlines across 5A Division 2. Corpus Christi, Flower Bluff, and Gregory Portland better get on their traveling shoes. They are heading to the Rio Grande Valley. Another team, another pair of teams that were on an island. We knew it was a big mystery where they were going to go. They are going south, way south, to the Rio Grande Valley. Defending state champion South Oak Cliff is in a 10-team Dallas ISD district in District 6. Texas High and Marshall, East Texas Powers, have flipped from Region 3 over to Region 2. Remember, that's basically changing from the NFC to the AFC, moving to the other side of the 5A Division II bracket. How about Leander Rouse? They flip over to Region 3. They're paired with Waco Area Schools in District 11. We've got a 10-team San Antonio District 14 down there in Region 4. Fort Bend Marshall gets a big change. They're heading to play Port Natchez Groves and Nederland. They're in a big-time district uh, there in Region 3. Uh, 5A Division 2, a lot of headlines to digest just here. Yeah, I mean, Leander Rouse is the one that stood out to me because they went from a pretty tough district. They, I believe they played Brenham in a district, a de facto district championship game last year. Now they go to basically being the perennial favorite, I would say, in that District 11 area. Yeah, most certainly. To 4A Division 1 we go. Where? How about this? Both 4A state champions, China Spring and Stephenville, land together in District 5 alongside Waco La Vega. Let's go. My goodness Let's gracious. Go. What a heavyweight district that is. Salina up from 4A Division 2. They are going to be paired with Dallas ISD in District 7. Speaking of Corpus teams heading south, Cal Allen, Toloso Midway, and Alice are all heading south to the Rio Grande Valley. Some traveling on the docket for those Corpus Coastal Bend squads. Brownwood has flipped to Region 1. They are headed west to Lubbock and the Concho Valley out of Region, out of region 2 into Region 1. Going to take on a West Texas district. Rockport Fulton. Coach Jay Seibert will join us later. He'll talk about his District 15. Pleasanton, Lavernia, Port Lavaca, Calhoun, reviving a few old rivalries down there on that South Texas area. Uh, big doings in 4A Division 1. I. I think all eyes are going to be on 5-4A Division 1-ish. Yeah, I think so. I think you, and then you, I mean, you, of course, you look at the the, the state champions, right? Uh, Stephenville and China Spring, uh, going with La Vega. Those are three teams that just are one of the most some of the most physical in the state. Much less four, just class four A Division one. But um, yeah, I think the headline here is is definitely that that area. Those noticeable departures too. You've got two out of Region two, one yes. out of Region four, and mm -hmm. one out of Region one. I mean, those are big big names that have run that bracket for a while that are leaving. So I think the departures are huge. Uh, I've received word that the alignments are now up on TexasFootball.com. So if you need the alignment go to texasfootball.com for a division two now another big shakeup oh boy Carthage <laughs> on the move to district eight out of region three into region two well they will get Gilmer Pleasant Grove and Van across region two a seismic shift in 4a division two keep an eye on that speaking of on the move Quero's on the move out of region four into region three go the gobblers Aubrey also on the move from region one to region two a 
lot of teams on the move across regions here in 4A Division 2. Glen Rose is on the move as well from 4A Division uh, Region 2 to Region 1. Wichita Falls, Hershey, and Graham are heading west. They are taking on teams uh, from West Texas, most notably, let me pull it up here, her, uh, with Midland, Greenwood, Snyder, and Sweetwater. A little bit of travel there for those programs as Hershey making the move up from 4A to, or down from 4A Division 1. And a very small Region 4, just 20 teams, including a four-team District 16. Uh, there's a lot to digest here, and we're going to have a lot of time to do it, Ish, but for me, the headline has got to be Carthage shifting sides of the bracket. Oh, easily, definitely that. And of course, I mean, for me, Cuero's starting to get their, they finally started to get their uh, um, uh, program right right under uh, Jack Alvarez, right back on track, I should say, and changing regions right in the nick of time, because they were they were really starting to emerge as one of the powers in Region 3 and now shifting over, or sorry, Region 4 now shifting over to Region 3. Yeah, watch for Lago Vista in Region 4, too. I think that's a sleeper that, that people need to keep an eye on there. Mm -hmm. It is massive, massive doings there in 4A Division 2. To 3A Division 1 we go, where another stunner. Both 3A state champions, Lorena and Franklin, paired together in District 11. So the two state champions will go at it in 3A Division 1. Remember, Franklin on the move up from 3A Division 2 to 3A Division 1. There are no other region changes for existing 3A Division 1 teams. Very notable here. Iowa Park and Vernon have landed in District 3 alongside Jim Ned. Uh, that is some, uh, certainly notable. Iowa Park uh, down, dropping down from, reg uh, from 4A Division 2. Shallowwater and Muleshoe are going north to the Panhandle. There was some question as to who was going to join uh, the teams from the Panhandle. Those uh, The teams that get it are Shallowwater and Muleshoe, taking on Amarillo River Road, Bushland, and Shallowwater in District 2. Corpus Christi London is heading north to District 15, where they will take on Edna and Vanderbilt Industrial. 3A Division 1, not a ton of changes overall, but a big one as far as one, uh, one neighbor who is joining the neighborhood. Yeah, let Lorena and Franklin in District 11. And don't forget about, I mean, Cameron Yeo's already in that district. We got Rockdale mm -hmm. already in that district. That's going to be kind of madness, So It's going to be a lot of fun to keep an eye on. 3A Division 2, we go. A lot to get into here. Big doings out east. Dangerfield is joining District 11 alongside Wascom and Elysian Fields. That is an east Texas slugfest waiting to happen in 11-3A Division 2. Of note, Cedar Hill is uh, Cedar Hill Newman, a private school state champion, is uh, joining as a charter school. They're going to be slotted into District 7. They're in Region 2 alongside teams like Gunner. Edgewood has flipped out of Region 2 and into Region 3, uh, joining District 9 alongside West Rusk and ARP. Division 1 dropdowns like Wall and Early have landed in District 2. Uh, that is going to be a very interesting district to keep an eye on as those two teams have been powers at the 3A Division 1 level. What do they do in 3A Division 2? Speaking of Dropdowns. Bowling dropping down from 3A Division 1. They land in District 14, but no soft landing for them. East, Bar East Bernard and Tidehaven here. 3A Division 2-ish. Interested in your thoughts. I mean, Dangerfield, Wascom. I mean, that that's that's new, pure fun right there. Yeah, New Diana. <laughs> yes. Like, woo. Yeah, it, it, a lot to do there. Keep an eye on that District 11, 3A, and then 2, 3A Division 2 as well with Ballinger, Brady, Early, San Angelo, Grape Creek, San Angelo, TLC, and Wall. On to 2A Division 1 we go. Another bombshell. Shiner and Refurio have joined District 15 together. District 15, 2A Division 1 will feature Shiner and Refurio in the same district. Mason will stay put in Region 4 in something that we had a little bit question about. Were they going to move out of Region 4? The 
punchers stay in Region 4. The Concho Valley schools have slid from Region 4 all the way to Region 1, like Cristoval, Ozona, and Sonora. Remember, they're kind of on that weird line where they could go Region 1 or Region 4. They will now play in Region 1 for the next couple of years. Marlin has stayed put in Region 2, but no easy task for them. They get Crawford in District 7-2A Division 1. Keep an eye on that one. Speaking of that Concho Valley, kind of greater West Texas, Central Texas area, Coleman, Goldthwaite, and San Saba have all moved from Region 2 to Region 1 as well. And the Brazos Valley schools like Hearn, Holland, and Thorndale have moved over into Region 4, 2A Division 1. Uh, the big shock there, 15, 2A Division 1. Easily. That four-way dance in Region 4, is all, or that three-way dance, I should say, between Shiner, Refurio, and Mason have always just kind of been hovering around each other when the playoffs start. And now, you know, we get to see that Shiner, Refurio game pretty early on in the season now. So. Let's not skip over the fact that Stratford in addition yeah, to this one there's a, a we, we saw them not too long ago Stratford yeah. joining there as well that is going to be uh, of course the defending state champs are joining there in 2A division one to 2A division two we go the big headline here is who's not moving Mart has stayed in region two uh certainly keep an eye on them but uh, they will stay in region two on that left half of the bracket a wild district 5 2A division two Wink and McKamey have moved over from region one El Dorado has moved over from region four they get paired with six-man powers Water Valley and Sterling City in District 5-2A Division 2. How about this down in South Texas? Fall City is going to have a new district bunkmate, and it is Burton, a program that is uh, certainly no stranger to deep playoff runs. Chilton and Bremont have moved from Region 3 over to Region 4, taking on uh, with District 13, uh, joining District 13. And you've got a pair of D1 dropdowns, Price Carlisle and Alto, paired with Tenahaw in District 11. Uh, I I would say that there's just a lot of movement, a lot of changes in the smallest 11-man classification, but Mart staying on that left half of the bracket is certainly one to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. I think, and also you talked about... Sorry, you talked about Region 5 uh, with Wink and McKamey from Region 1. That's going to be something to kind of keep an eye on as well. To, to the six-man ranks we go. 1A Division One. we go. A couple of big-time moves here. Most notably, Borden County. Moving into Region 2, they get District 7 with powerhouses like Rankin and Garden City. Uh, state finalist May has joined District 14 with Jonesboro. How about that? Central Texas uh, powers colliding there. Jonesboro, no easy task for state finalist May. A pair of move-ups from Division 2, Anton and Follett, are going to headline a loaded Region 1 that includes teams like like Turkey Valley, who's in District 4 with Spur. Defending state champion Westbrook is going to join Hermley in District 8. Keep an eye on that. And remember, you've got one drop down here in Menard, one pretty notable drop down in Menard. They're dropping down from 2A Division 2 uh, into the 1A Division 1 ranks, plus teams like Anton, Follett, and Gordon go on as well. To 1A Division 2, we go the smallest classification in the UIL. How about this? Defending state champ Strawn is flipping sides of the bracket. Wow. They are into Region 4. That is going to be a big power shift in how 1A Division 2 gets going. Throckmorton moves into Region 3 from Region 2. The far west Texas district with Balmeray and Sanderson gets moved from Region 1 into Region 2. Uh, Oakwood has moved into Region 3. That's perfectly notable. That's pretty notable as well. And then keep an eye on this one. This was, There was a lot of changeover here in 1A Division 2. We know that the smallest classification it can be like that. But 25 of the 64 existing 
Division two teams switch regions. That's the highest percentage in any class. All the alignments are up right now on TexasFootball.com. You can see where your team landed and what your team's district is going to look like for the next two seasons in Texas high school football. We've got big-name guests coming up. We're going to be joined by Alito head coach Tim Buchanan. He will talk about their move into a district with Denton Ryan. We'll be talking uh, with the head coach of the Wink Wildcats. Uh, coach Brian Gibson will join us to talk about his wild district 5-2A Division two, And then we'll talk with the head coach of the Rockport Fulton Pirates. Coach Jay Seibert will join us later in the program to talk about his program uh, moving up to 4A Division one, but a program that has had no, that's been no stranger to deep playoff runs. But for now, it's realignment season, and there's nobody who would rather be talking realignment than Matt Stepp, who joins us live from Canada. Uh, Stepp, it's cold down here. I imagine it's colder up there. Yes, the snow plows are out. Uh, we had a little snow last night, and uh, yeah, we're, uh, you know, it's Canada. What do you expect, right? You've got the alignments. You've seen what the UIL has done in, in the 2022 UIL realignment. Uh, I'm interested, what is your headline from what you're seeing from these alignments? I'm really, there, there's a lot of really interesting nuggets, and I've only been able to dig into them for about 18 minutes, but I've jotted down a few um, quick notes. Um, I think in 6A, you know, especially in the Metroplex, there there wasn't a ton of change. It was mm-hmm. pretty pretty chalky. The UIL, in something that I, that I think is rare, kind of stuck with what they did last year for the most part, minus, minus um, a, a few changes here and there. I think in 6A, uh, the biggest thing that stands out to me is, is Region 4 with the, the multiple 16 districts. I mean, you've got a couple of 10-team districts there in Metro San Antonio. And then you go, you know, outside of San Antonio, you got two 16 districts in, in the South Texas, and then a 16 district in Metro San Antonio. That actually works out really well for West Texas because I think mm-hmm. that third, that third 16 district in Region Four, you know, the Steele Judson district, um, gives the far West Texas district a reasonable scheduling partner uh, to schedule those fourth and fifth non-district games. So I imagine if you're Clint Hartman and Midland Legacy or Dusty Ortiz and Odessa High, you're pretty happy about um, a reasonable scheduling partner to try to find those last two non-district games. Um, I'm interested uh, as far as um, uh, what has what has really surprised you? What, what In looking over these for the last 19 minutes or so, what has really surprised you about this, this particular alignment? Alito and Denton Ryan being mm-hmm. in the same district, I think is really um, a surprise. Um, did not see that one coming at all, but it's gonna that's gonna be a lot of fun. And I, and and you know you, you look at a team like Azel, you gotta be like you gotta be just looking at your, you know looking at realignment, and shaking your head. You thought you might have one of them, but now you gotta deal with both of them uh, in in districts. So that's gonna be a challenge. Um, I think East Texas moving moving over to Region Two and Five A Division Two um, was a bit of a surprise um, for me. Uh, I think we expected the the state champions in Four A in Four A and Three A to be paired together, so that was that was not a huge surprise. I think I think we both predicted that uh, in some of our mocks. I think in, in Graham and Wichita Falls Hershey, you look in 4A Division II, mm-hmm. Graham and Wichita Falls Hershey having to travel yeah. all the way to Midland for district games, that, that's going to be – that was something I did not see coming. That that was a huge surprise when I, when I saw that. I thought there was a chance that Snyder and maybe Sweetwater would go with Graham and Hershey, but I did, did not think Greenwood would get, would get thrown into that as well. So that's really going to increase – uh, the travel budget there, and then I mean Carthage moving to Region Two was was a stunner. I I thought Carthage was yeah. was locked into Region Three um, once again, so that was a surprise. Um, if you look at Three A Division One, you know a rarity in Three A Division One, a nine team district in Three A Division One. You don't usually see that, and that's District Seven. Um, it's you know Grandview is in there, and then you you have several of the Dallas um, charter schools that have um, 
recently started playing football. Uh, so you, you, don't, you don't see those 19 districts in the smaller levels very much. And I think the other thing, uh, the UIL, talking to Dr. Elza, they had, you know, we talked about 14 districts and that kind of thing. And, and I think the UIL made a real effort to try to not have 14 districts as much as possible. And you'd look at it on the whole. And unless I missed one, I only count two 14 districts in the entire realignment. That's District 16-4A Division Two and District 1-3A Division Two, And those are on the far extremes in the state of Texas. So I'll be interested to see how those two districts tackle their, their non-district schedule because trying to find seven non-district games uh, is going to be really, really challenging. So I think the UIL did a great job in, in, in trying to limit the 14 districts as much as possible because no, no one likes those. All right, let me ask you another question here. Uh, as far as um, when we're taking a look at the UIL realignments, you can find them up on texasfootball.com uh, right now. Uh, there's going to be a lot of talk about uh, state champions paired together, uh, with most notably 5-4A Division One, with Stephenville and China Spring in the same district, and then in, uh, I believe 11-3A Division One with Lorena and Franklin in the same district. Do either of those surprise you as, as much of uh, maybe a shock as it is? No, I... I... I, I, I won't pat myself on the back too much because I got a lot of things wrong in my mockery alignment, but I did get those those right. I did have Stevensville and China Spring paired to the same district, and I did have um, uh, Lorena and Franklin paired to the same district. What surprised me in 4A Division One was Brownwood not being included in that district. They they got shipped further west into a real travel district there with um, Lubbock Estacado, San Angelo Lakeview, Big Spring, and Andrews. I mean. That's that's a long road trip for Brownwood to go have to go to Andrews and Lubbock. Uh, that's there's there, the Lions are going to be putting some miles in. So that was that was the surprise when looking at 4A Division One was not Stephenville and China Spring being together, but Brownwood not being paired with Stephenville. I'm, I'm assuming those two are going to find a way to play in non-district though. Talking with Matt Stepp here, our Dave Campbell's Texas Football High School Football Insider here on Texas Football Today, UIL Realignment Special. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. Let me ask you, uh, Stepp, there's, of course, big-time changes as far as classifications are concerned. I'll start with this question. Is there any – you mentioned Alito in with Denton Ryan. We're going to talk with Tim Buchanan coming up here in just a few minutes. Um, I'm interested, are there teams that are either moving up or moving down that you think had a pretty hard landing uh, into their new uh, classification? Are there any teams that, that change classifications that you think got a pretty darn tough draw? Um, I would say for sure um, Cleveland. I mean, they, this is a team that's, that's, that's really grown really quickly um, and has, has struggled um, even in Class 5A. And now you look at it, and now they're in a district with the Woodlands, um, College Park, um, a vastly improving uh, New Caney squad and uh, a vast a brand new Grand Oaks uh, squad that, that's fared pretty well uh, their first couple of years in 6A. So for me, uh, Cleveland and also Waller, I mean, you look at Waller and they're get, they got thrown in with, with the Klein schools and, and, the, and the Tomball schools. You know, two years ago, Tomball Memorial had a great run to the third round of the playoffs. And last year, Tomball gets to go to the uh, semifinals. And then, you know, you, got, you, you always have Klein Oak and Klein Kane and Klein Collins always very very tough opponents as well so um i would say cleveland and waller um right off the bat is at first glance um had a pretty hard landing um just with, with the way things went i think if you look at softer landings i, I think if if i'm argyle i'm really happy with this alignment mm-hmm. i mean they're they're moving up to class 5a but i, I think they got a pretty good draw uh you know, Carrollton Creekview, the, the Frisco schools, um, Lake Dallas, Denton. I, I think if I'm Todd Rogers, I'm really pleased with this alignment because I think it's going to allow them a chance to adjust to Class 5A 
um, very quickly and have some success, especially being in Region 1. You look at 5A Division 2 Region 1, I mean, why not? Argyle could very yeah. easily be one of the favorites in this region. Yeah. You look at the region top to bottom, there's there's not a lot of powerhouses in that region. So I think if you look at a at a softer landing, I think the first one that jumps to mind um, is Argyle. Argyle, I would say, is certainly a, a soft landing, although they will have to do with teams like Wichita Falls Rider, Grapevine, Colleyville Heritage at some point. Um, I look at a team like Highland Park. Highland Park moving up to Class 6A. They land in with the Irving schools and the Richardson schools. That feels like a pretty soft landing as well as far as, you know, they could have got sent to Rockwall. They could have got sent a few different places. Landing there seems tough. I would also throw out there, we you know one thing I think is interesting, Step, and we'll break this down a lot on Tep and Step, our premium high school football podcast, which we're recording a little bit later today. Um, I think what you saw in 5A Division One with a bit of an abandoned ship in Region 2 is very interesting. That Law, uh, Denton Ryan is out. College Station is out. Uh, you know, a Consolidate, or a Consolidate, I'm sorry, was, was already a D2 school. But those programs, they've kind of bailed out of Region 2. In comes teams like Port Arthur Memorial and Crosby. But I would say that maybe the power nexus, 5A Division One Region 2 is no longer the power nexus that it was in the last alignment. No, I think that the power at the top of the bracket has shifted over to Region 1 mm-hmm. um, because you've got, uh, obviously, Alito and Denton Ryan. I think Abilene High is going to be a factor in the region. You've already got Tascosa and Lubbock Coronado out there in West Texas. And I, I think I think, I think a team like Colleen Shoemaker um, and Lake Belton will be teams to be accounted for. Lake Belton's a new school, but they've got a lot of talent and they've been successful early on. I think Lake Belton is a team that could have some early success a la Shadow Creek, Peyto in, in recent years. So um, it is a little weird for me to look at a regional alignment and see Laporte in Region 2, not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, but that's just the way kind of things have shifted because you look down at Region 4 and you look at Region 4 and 5A Division 1 and you've got, I, I think we've talked about this a, a few times, the Rio Grande Valley, a team like Edinburgh Vela could easily win Region 4. Yeah. When you look at the setup in Region 4, um, Edinburgh Vela is going to be a team that you really have to account for in Region 4 because of the, of the sh- setup. I mean, you look at, at Bernie, Bernie Champions, a Region 3 school now. When, when, is, when have we ever considered Bernie um, a, a team that's in Region 3 or, or San Antonio MacArthur that, that's in Region 3? So very interesting setup in 5A Division 1 with the, with the shift in demographics and the shift in schools. And, and where the growth patterns are in the state of Texas. A couple more questions. There were some tweeners kind of in between regions that we, we were wondering where exactly they would land. One of them is Abilene going out west. They're going to land with the Lubbock schools and the Amarillo schools. Another one is Lufkin. Lufkin going north to John Tyler, uh, rather Tyler, got to get used to that, and Longview, as well as teams like McKinney North uh, there as well. Uh, I'm interested if, if, if those teams, those teams that we've been kind of keeping an eye on because they're always in that, you know, another team was Mason. Mason, we wondered if they were going to move out of Region 4 mm-hmm. into a Division 1. Did any of those catch you by surprise? So, uh, Abilene, I think, I, I picked Abilene to go west into the Metroplex, but I'm, I'm not totally surprised. If, I mean, go east into the Metroplex. So I'm not totally surprised that they, they went west, though. It was kind of a 50-50 deal. Um, I, I guess I guess wrong. They had, had them going uh, east into the Metroplex, but not a huge surprise there. I picked, I, pro, I projected Lufkin to be in the Metroplex. I just thought with, I just didn't think there was room in Houston uh, for Lufkin, and, and if you look at the three Houston districts uh, in, in, in 5A Division One, there's really not room for them. They, they're all big districts. Um, so I thought Lufkin was pretty much a lock to go back with uh, into the Metroplex and with Longview and Tyler. I am very surprised McKinney North was thrown into that district because from McKinney to Lufkin is a haul, and there's not really an easy way to get there. So 
I think if you're looking at someone who drew a short straw from a travel standpoint in 5A Division One, it's probably McKinney North. I was very surprised by that. Yeah. And I'm a little surprised that College Station and A&M Consolidated went into Austin. It's not yeah. it's not uh, unreasonable from a travel standpoint, but I thought College Station and A&M Consolidated might kind of be more with the North Houston schools. And so looking at them in District 11, uh, 5A Division One, a little surprised that they got aligned with uh, the Austin area. But that's going to make for a fun district when you have College because <laughs> College Station and A&M Consolidated, Cedar Park, Georgetown, rapidly improving Eastview, um, and Hendrickson and Glenn are always teams to keep an eye on as well. So I think that that district's going to be a really fun one to watch there in Region 3. Finally, a question from a viewer. You know, we're, we're interested if, you know, you put your mock realignments up on TexasFootball.com, uh, but you're also, uh, you know, you're trying to project it right, but you're also a fan, and you're a fan of good Texas high school football. Is there anything that you were maybe hoping would happen from just a quality of play, I'm interested in seeing that perspective that didn't? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would say... I was kind of hoping that just from a, a, a storyline standpoint that Highland Park might get sent south into the Duncanville DeSoto district mm-hmm. just from a I think the storylines there would be would be really rich. Um, so a little surprise I mean a little disappointed that that didn't happen even even though I'm not surprised that Highland Park um, geographically their alignment uh, makes a lot of sense. So from that standpoint, maybe a little bit disappointed on that one. Um, I think the thing I'm most disappointed for is I feel bad for the the north side and northeast schools in San Antonio. Those those ten team districts are really tough, and I, I was I was hoping the UIL would find a way to split them up a little more evenly, um, but unfortunately for those schools it didn't happen. So you're going to have I, I think some pretty some real quality teams in District 28 and 29 that are out of the playoff mix just because of the size of those districts. He's Matt Stepp. You can, of course, get more of his insights on Tep and Step, our premium high school football podcast, coming up here uh, a little bit later today. We're going to sit there and, and talk for hours and hours and hours about realignment. Uh, that's going to go up on TexasFootball.com. And, of course, you can see his insights on TexasFootball.com. We'll be breaking it down all offseason. Step, appreciate your time. Stay warm, my friend. You guys be good. Uh, don't work too hard. Uh, well, that's already we're already here. We drove through the snow <laughs> to get here. Uh, this is the Texas Football Today. Uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football UIL Realignment Special brought to you by our friends at Hometown Ticketing. So go to hometownticketing.com. We appreciate them being the sponsor of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football UIL Realignment coverage. Um, you know, a lot. Uh, there's a lot to get to, a lot to dive into here in UIL Realignment. We're not going to get it all done today. We're probably not going to mention all 1,253 teams today. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think Step hit on a few uh, really interesting things uh, there. Most notably, you know, he mentioned San Antonio. Uh, I think we think of these teams like when you're in like a 10-team district or something, we're just like, oh, okay, well, that, that's that's a, a quirk. But it has major ramifications as far as only 40% of the teams are going to make the playoffs, and those teams are, are kind of starting from behind in a little bit of, of a way. Yeah, I think you won. I think one of the other things that he he mentioned was that Cedar Park district mm-hmm. um, with AM Consolidated and College Station going to Austin, which is was already a tough district. District, I guess. Uh, I think that district lost Maynard and I guess added those mm-hmm. two. I'm trying to think of the other the other program that they um, that they might have lost, but. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> that, yeah. that is going to, as somebody who who grew up on Central Texas football, adding those two schools in there, uh, a little bit of an East uh, drive for some of those Central Texas programs. That's going to be a ton of a uh, ton, uh, really competitive, I'd say, especially when it gets to the top, because it's kind of been Cedar Park is the perennial favorite, and now you add two teams that are very capable of kind of taking taking control of that. 
um, that's going to be uh, one of the more good Marquise Collins was a junior, just throwing that back yep. out there one Great more point. time. Coming back. <laughs> yeah, coming back. Rolling back. Coming back. Uh, a, a team that we never worry about being back is the Alito Bearcats. Uh, they have gotten a, a big realignment shift today into 5A Division One to District 3 5A Division One with a number of great teams, including Denton Ryan. We are pleased to be joined on the phone lines by the head coach of the Alito Bearcats. Uh, it is Coach Tim Buchanan. Coach, thanks for your time. I know that today is a bit of a hectic day, but uh, I'm interested in your in your initial reaction to uh, to what we're seeing for, for your Bearcats. Well, first of all, Carpal Dia and none of those you sports writers know what you're doing because nobody had this district picked right. <laughs> that is 100% true, Coach. We we obviously don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> no, it's, it should be fun. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's a it's a first. You know, mm-hmm. I've been here for 29 years. We've never been in a district with Denton Ryan or the Colony, mm-hmm. but uh, it it should be exciting. It should be a lot of fun. So I I guess that's that's maybe a, a decent place to start. Obviously, you know, us Yahoos and the media didn't see this coming. Was this something that you had even fathomed, or or was this uh, or, or did, when when the alignments came out at nine o'clock, were you were you pretty gobsmacked? Oh, around the coach's office, we had talked about it and said it 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 could happen, uh, but. You know, of course, that was one coach would say it, and the other one would say, no way. And I'd say, well, <laughs> it could happen. But uh, the one that really shot me, it's not so much didn't ride, yeah. but, but the colony coming all the way down with, mm. with us. Yeah. Coach, it's the program's first real, uh, move up in realignment since 2002. Does the message or the mindset change? You know, you're one of the most prestigious programs, winningest programs in the state. Does that change despite moving up? Well, I mean, you, you know that you're getting ready to play, you know, bigger schools. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the good thing about it is, you know, in Division Two, we were having a hard time finding, you know, uh, freshman games and, and JV games, two JV games and stuff like that. We're thinking, okay, it's going to be a lot easier for our sub varsities. But, you know, the competition level at the varsity level is going to is going to be better. And, uh, you know, I think I already heard y'all talking about the district win streak and, and those type of things. And, and, but, you know, heck, it, it's football and it's going to be fun. It, it, it's what we it's what we look forward to. You know, coach, it was no secret that you guys were moving up. You know, when the cutoff numbers came out, uh, you know, it was it was uh, known that okay, uh, Alito going to be a five A Division one program. I'm, I'm interested in what the what the feeling around from your players and around the program is about that because you know you guys have never shied away from a challenge. Uh, here comes a challenge. You know, uh, moving up in classification. What what are what are you hearing from your players and and, and from people around the program? No, they 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 don't blink an eye about it. You know. <laughs> uh, they're just come to work every day and work hard. Uh, it doesn't matter if we're in Division One, but you know, and you know, we we played in Division One before, but not since they've gone to the split divisions. You know, uh, heck, our first state championship was a Division One three A guy. You know, and then Coach Wood won one one uh, in Division One. So you know, it's it's not it's not that big a change. Uh, you know, heck, we played we played in Division One. Uh, you know, before back before they they added the 6a number to it so it's not it, it's it's not that big a deal i mean we, we were playing coppers cove when they had 2200 kids and we had 1100 so the you know, that's just it's just part of part of football and part of part of texas you know we're, we live in a big state mm-hmm. you know uh, so it, it's I don't want to be those guys in, in Austin trying to figure out who goes into what district and what classification. Uh, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to date you here, Coach, but this is not your first realignment. Uh, you know, I, I'm interested. You know, when you woke up this morning, uh, what were the feelings? What were the emotions? Do you, do you get nervous on realignment days, or, or is it just another day? Not anymore. <laughs> I used, I used to live, I used to lose sleep over it and sit there and 
you know, draw districts up and all that stuff. And heck, I got up this morning, got me a cup of coffee and started trying to figure out what district we're in. Now, it was a surprise uh, that we went into a 19 district. But, you know, with the zero week, at first I was sitting there going, oh, crud, our our, our second district game is going to be in the middle of somewhere in there, but not anymore. Uh, you know, with zero week, we can, we can play week zero, week one, and then go right into district. Uh, Coach, I want to ask you a little bit about your 2021 Bearcats. You know, another uh, 12-win season for you guys. You guys end up running into eventual state champ South Oak Cliff there in the regional semifinals. Uh, you know, the, the standard there at Alito is so high. Uh, I'm, I'm interested when you, when, when you look back on the 2021 season, you know, what, what are you going to remember about it? How, how are you going to remember that 2021 year? Well, you know, first of all, 12-1 and one is a pretty dang good season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so try try to make sure those kids realize that that they had a good football season and that it, it wasn't it it wasn't a losing season. Uh, no, we did not win the state championship, and we got beat by a really really good football team, South Oak Cliff. But you know, the the biggest thing is that the kids were successful and they had they they got better week by week and year by year. So uh, we consider it a, a good year. Uh, now we do we do see a lot of little things we we've got to get better at. We we've got to start taking care of little things and and uh, we started on that back uh, the first week of December, right after we got beat over the Thanksgiving holidays. Uh, let me ask you, you mentioned it, Coach. You guys are, are presently riding, I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, 103 straight district wins, uh, 103 and counting. Is that something, you know, I'll just lay, put it like this. How much pride do you take in something like this? That's the longest streak we've ever seen in UIL 11-man uh, Texas high school football history. How much pride do you take in the fact that, that you guys haven't lost a district game in, in you know, since 2000 and, oh, geez, forever? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it it, it it is neat for the for the school, uh, you know. But that that part of it, those things don't mean don't mean anything really. Uh, what what what's important is that these kids these kids go out and have a successful year, you know, and not put a lot of pressure on them about the district win streak and and all that stuff. That 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 is fun to read in the newspaper and, and see people talk about on the phone, but it's not something we talk about as a as a football team or a football staff. He's Tim Buchanan. He is the head coach of the Alito Bearcats. Coach, we appreciate your time on a hectic morning. I know it's I know it's always exciting whenever you find out the new realignments, and uh, we certainly appreciate you taking a little bit of time and uh, looking forward to seeing your Bearcats in the fall. Thanks, Tim. There he goes, Tim Buchanan, the head coach of the Alito Bearcats. Good man, and pre- really do appreciate him taking taking some time because you know, look, th- this is also you know all these coaches. We're going to be joined by Brian Gibson of Wink here in just a moment. Um, all of these coaches this is a hectic time for them mm-hmm. like they are when i when i picked up to peel back the curtain there for a second when i picked up the phone i was like hey coach it's Ashley pickle with dave campbell's I said how are you he goes just calling trying to put together a schedule right. you know like, right. he's like i'm taking a break for you yeah. well, while we're here yammering on about like man can you believe this district and things like that coaches are like okay we have to put together a schedule, schedule and yes. figure it out and like when we talk about alito going into a district with uh with the colony mm-hmm. right I don't know if Coach Buchanan has ever talked with folks in the colony. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, he's never really had to. Yeah. And so as a result, it's like that's one thing that, that you have to keep in mind. Is this is a very hectic moment mm-hmm. here, literally at 9.40 a.m. Yeah. Uh, for these programs. And even more so because of the fact that they can't, they can't do it in person right now. Yeah. Right? Like, so much of uh, – that's why that's why I mentioned the RGV kind of being able to still have their, uh, uh, their realignment event is because that's valuable to look somebody in the eye, shake their hand, and be like, hey – 
you got a week three, you got a week two, you know, you, how, what are you open for? And, and now it's just kind of like everybody's playing phone tag. You get, you're probably sending six messages saying we need a week three out to whoever and seeing who gets back to you and kind of relaying all, um, it's kind of a madhouse because that's kind of one of the, the charms of those in-person events is you can go on a whiteboard and just be like, boop, yeah. here's, here's the date we need. So. Yeah. I mean, we, we were supposed to, to, you know, tell you guys, we've talked about this. We were supposed to be in, in Birdville. Uh, let's let, actually, we're, let's go to the phone line right now. We're joined uh, on the phone by the head coach of the Wink Wild. Cats. Coach Brian Gibson joins us. Coach, we certainly appreciate you making a little bit of time in a hectic morning. Uh, I'm I'm interested in your instant reaction to what we've uh, what we've seen for your uh, for your Wildcats. Uh, at first, I was pretty shocked. Um, to be honest, I didn't really anticipate us going Region Two. Um, we were there a couple of years ago um, when I first got to Wink. Um, you know, it's creates some long travel, getting all the way up to Munster. You know, playing those guys halfway and. Uh, but it's it's definitely a loaded region. Uh, we're pretty excited about that competition. Um, our district is rather large. Haven't been in a large district in a while, so uh, it's going to make for some interesting matchups. Yeah, you know, you, you, you know, Coach, you mentioned that you you guys. For those who don't know, you guys are are, are way out west, kind of north of Monahans. Um, you know, I look at this and I go, man, that's a lot of travel. Uh, but but uh, from your perspective, it kind of feels like every game is a lot of travel. Uh, does that does that impact your team at all, or is it just you know stay as you go is another bus ride? Uh, for us, it's pretty much just another bus ride. Um, uh, we're very fortunate. Our our school district takes good care of us. Um, we we travel well, um, and our kids have adapted well. So I mean, they understand what it means to get on a bus and drive two or three hours just for a. You know, we, we just went to Cristobal um, Tuesday night for a district basketball game. Mm. It's a three-and-a-half-hour drive mm. on Tuesday night, one way. So we're accustomed to it. We're, our kids have adapted, and, and uh, they, they know how to travel. Coach, you're adding two six-man newcomers in Water Valley and Sterling City. How, as a coach, do you prepare for that, a team coming up from six-man to 11-man? And also, another, I guess, a follow-up would be, have you had to do that before in 282? Uh, I, you know, I haven't ever done it before. Um, I've never played teams that have just come in out of six-man um, that I can remember. It's, it's going to create some challenges. I know that as a coaching staff, they have their challenges. But for us, uh, trying to get an idea of what their kids are going to be like, you know, how they play, the tendencies from the past, all those things, uh, makes it pretty tough. But... Um, you know, and I know they've got a lot of challenges as far as, you know, getting the field ready and things like that. But um, we're pretty excited about um, the competition in our district for sure. Um, Coach, let me ask you a little bit about, um, you know, going into t- 2022. You go, this is the program that uh, you guys are going to bring back the uh, the Built for Tough Player of the Year uh, in, uh, in in 2A in, in, in Cannon Gibson. Last time I saw you was when Cannon was getting that, that award. Um, the expectations that sure seem like have risen there at Wink. Um, does the, regardless of, di- of district, does, do, does the message stay the same? Or, or how are you going to address this uh, with your players whenever you get back together with them? Well, I don't. I think the goal still is the same. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, what region you're in. Um, eventually, you got to go through them all if you want to reach your ultimate goal. And so, um, you know, being in a in a loaded region that we are, it does create um, more challenges throughout the the playoffs. Um, you know, every week you start running into them a lot earlier. Uh, but you know, it doesn't change our mindset. Um, our goal is still the same. 
our work ethic has got to still be the same. Our preparation has to be the same. So, um, yeah, I, I just don't. I think it just kind of throws some scheduling kinks in there that all of us didn't anticipate. I think that's the only really big change you have. Uh, he's Brian Gibson, coach. I know you've you've got a lot to do. We certainly appreciate you taking a little bit of time to talk with us. Uh, go, hey, go get back always, to work, coach. Always a pleasure. All right, thanks, coach. There goes Brian Gibson, the head coach of the Wink Wildcats. He he is off he doing... is the district coordinator. He yeah. said so. He was like kind of got a bit on my plate yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> we certainly and, like, we'll get you in and out quick, and coach. So we we appreciate him taking a little bit of time uh, uh, there. And and yeah, that's a that's a start. Can we throw that graphic back up of mm-hmm. of coach uh, of of the the Wink District? Yeah. You know, we mentioned this uh, in our initial rundown that this is a team that is going from Region One to Region Two. They're joining McCamey. That's that Badger right there in the middle uh, mm-hmm. of them. <laughs> they're joining them. Uh, they're adding in El Dorado uh, from Region Two. Um, they're or they're coming in or they're coming in as well, uh, or re- they're coming from Region Four, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in that kind of Concho Valley Region Four part of, of, of Division Two, and then you're adding in teams like Water Valley and Sterling City, who yeah. are moving up to the eleven man ranks. Um, maybe not by choice, you know. Right. They would prefer to be playing six man football, but but the numbers uh, require them to go up. That is a large swath of travel, but as Coach mentioned, that doesn't really phase them. But it is just a mishmash of teams that when you take a look at the way that things shook out, it, it makes sense in the map, but it is a bit jarring, I think, when you consider where they're going, where they're coming from to where they're going now. These are programs that they are not only they haven't seen in a while, but some of them they've never seen ever because they've been playing six-man football. Right, and that was a good point that he mentioned about those staffs having kind of a challenge, too, right? Because they got to field a team. Mm-hmm. they got to figure out kind of their style of what they're going to be playing in 11-man, um, which is why I was curious about has that happened to him in D2 before? Because, right. of course, it'd be in 2AD2 where if it would, if anybody would have experience, it'd be somebody dealing with that kind of uh, issue. And he said no, and, and it's a good point where it's like, you know, I, I guess he'll eventually have film on them, right, mm-hmm. after they play a couple games. But mm-hmm. the challenge right now is for them is, like, trying to figure out, all right, what are we going to run? You know, right. right. Well, and is there a, an amount of scheme in six-man that you can turn around and use to your advantage sure in enough, sure. in 11-man that people, as an 11-man program, their mm-hmm. defense is something that they haven't seen before like that? Well, and, like, for example, Water Valley currently has a coaching opening. They don't have a coach. They don't, at least from what we understand, they don't oh, have a coach right now. Coach Hayes. <laughs> Um, you know, I believe, you know, Coach Hayes is, is a longtime six-man coach. Mm-hmm. And I think sure. that he looked at this and goes, you know what? I, I think I want to stay in the six-man world, which right. is not rare. No, you know, not at all. In the same way that you've seen coaches that when they drop from 11-man to six-man, he goes, you know what? I'm, I'm an 11-man coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another wrinkle to add into this, in, in, in this, is that, you know, they're going to be dealing with a new coach there at, at Water Valley, which is a perennial kind of power there in the six-man ranks. Um, it's big doings. West Texas is always kind of like because of just the the area between places Mm -hmm. you're gonna get these big uh hexagons or octagons or whatever you call them um but this is you know the uil we've mentioned it they've just got to make everything fit um they're not even you know as far as west texas is concerned um you know we were i believe somebody threw this into the the uh the comments but anthony which is the farthest west team uh in in the state of texas i believe they're in with they're in with christoval in 2a Mm -hmm. division one 
uh, that is uh, about a six-hour drive. You know what I mean? That's a <laughs> long wild. drive. Well, and that's the thing. I, I appreciate the fact that he said that because I know from growing up in a small town that, yes, we were used to making two-and-a-half-hour drives on a Tuesday night to go play a basketball game, mm-hmm. that type of thing. And so the one thing that I do think that coaches that have to make those drives will say, and I think we heard it from some of the El Paso teams like uh, Coach Lopez out there when they went far, it was one of those things that, you know what, in the long run of things, if you can do well and make it to the playoffs, that does nothing but benefit you because mm. then when in the random times in the playoffs where you've got to drive five hours to meet up with a DFW team, well, guess what? You're used to it at that point. Right. Yeah, you're, you're used to doing that. And, you know, some other kind of long drives. Port Nature's Groves to Fort Bend Marshall. They are uh, they are new. Dis- and, and, and you may think, oh, well, okay. If you're not from down there in that part of the, the world, you may think, Port, you know, those are two greater Houston, you know, Port Nature's Groves, yeah. not really in Houston, but like right. know, greater, greater areas. That's a two-hour drive, say, yeah. mm-hmm. which by major metro areas is very, like standards, is very long. Well, and we talked about that with the RGV, too, mm-hmm. as well. We were like, will they finally team up with the Laredos, mm-hmm. or will they finally team up with some Corpus Christi schools or San Antonio? But you look and you think, oh, yeah, South Texas, all right there, not a big deal. Two hours, either way, no yeah. matter which direction you're going there. So it's interesting to see that. And yeah. crossing through, I mean, like when you mentioned the uh, Port Natchez girls, you're crossing through Houston. Yeah, well, that's like anytime you're crossing Death, through a taxes I forty five. Exactly, you're crossing Guys, through a metroplex. Come I on want now. I want you to think about, especially with a seven thirty kick, okay, on a Friday night. When are you driving through Houston? Uh, yeah, time, you know what I mean. Time to load the buses at noon. Exactly like, yeah. right. Like yeah, those are the types of things that you hit at three o'clock and you're still backed up in traffic for the next two hours. Well, and Step mentioned it. Step mentioned McKinney North being lumped into District Seven Five A Division One with Tyler Longview. That's not a big deal. Yeah, but Lufkin. That's a three and a half hour drive mm-hmm. from McKin- McKinney North McKinney to yeah. to Lufkin. That's a huge do. That's huge doings. You know, there's there's other thing. Andrews to Brownwood. Uh, you know, that we uh, he mentioned Brownwood. Going, yeah, that's a four hour drive. Yeah. Um, but the the thing about Fort Bend Marshall and that particular one in particular and McKinney North to a certain extent as mm-hmm. well, those are programs that unlike Wink are not necessarily used to traveling. True. You know, true, they're true. not mm-hmm. used to those long bus rides. They're not used to that. How do they handle that going forward? That'll be certainly something to keep an eye on. Uh, this is the Dave Campbell's Text Football UIL Realignment Special brought to you by our friends at Hometown Ticketing. Go to hometownticketing.com. Our friends there, thanks for being the sponsor of the 2021 or 2022, oh my gosh, UIL <laughs> Realignment Special here on Text Football Today. Uh, the alignments are up on texasfootball.com if you want to go see where your team landed. Uh, we'll, of course, have wall-to-wall coverage on texasfootball.com throughout the course of the day, throughout the course of the week, throughout the course of the month, forever. We're just going to keep covering this. It's a big data dump, right? There's a yeah. ton to sort through yes. here. Uh, and, and teams are, are learning their fates Teams are figuring out exactly what uh, what they're what it's going to look like. We're very excited uh, to, uh, to to see how everything shakes out. We now have the roadmap for what Texas high school football is going to look like for the next two years. Pickle, let's go to the hotline. Got another big time guest. Let's go south uh, to Rockport to talk with the head coach of the uh, Rockport Fulton uh, Pirates. It's Coach Jay Seibert joining us. Coach, uh, we certainly appreciate your time. Uh, the question I've been asking everybody as they've hopped on with us is, uh, can we get your uh, your initial reaction to when you uh, you found out you were, you were drawn into uh, your district? You know, I guess I, guess I was excited. Uh, you, you know, you're nervous when you come down there. And and then really any, any scenario that people put out, they were, they were all tough. And, uh, you know, but it kind of puts us back in the old district that we were in before the before the hurricane hit Rockport. You know, we're, we're back with uh, Lavernia and Beeville and, and Pleasanton. You know, that's my, my first four years in Rockport. That was kind of the base of our district. I guess it's just Port Lavaca will be in there as well. But uh, we're excited. You know, it's, it's, it's teams we played uh, quite a few 
quite a few times in the last few years. So it'll be a good district, and uh, we're looking forward to it. You know, you meant you guys you mentioned the um, you know the hurricane and and kind of the population drop that that happened there in Rockport. It's obviously you know the the, the city's been rebuilt. It's 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 gorgeous down there. Um, I I am interested in how you've maybe seen this. You've been there for a lot. Uh, I'm interested in how you've seen this program change over the course of your your tenure there. Well, you know, probably the probably the biggest change in, in you know in the last eight years is, you know, they our fans and our kids they expect to win, uh, they they expect to compete for a district championship, and they and they expect to you know they're upset if we're not playing thing on Thanksgiving holidays. So, uh, you know, they and, and before you know they were just kind of happy to compete, and uh, it's the the stand the standard of what we expect is 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 to win, and uh, you know, and the, the hurricane knocked us knocked us back a little bit, but. Uh, you know the core of the community stayed there, and, and, our, and our kids were there, and uh, it just and, and we played 4A Division Two for uh, the last four years, um, and, and we're back to Division One, and, and it's probably the size of our town, the school. It's, it's where we belong, and and we're happy to be there. You talked a little bit about the standard. You know, ten and two in 2021, first ten win season since 2000. You know, what, what was what was so special about last year? Uh, we, you know, we had we had a great group of seniors. Uh, you know, we just kind of all came together and we played really well. And, um, you know, we we were able to, you know, we our offense put up some big numbers and then we played solid defense and we got tons of turnovers. And, you know, we had, had a bunch of big games. I, we were upset. You know, we fell out in the second round to Quero, but, you know, they were, really, they were a really good football team. And, uh, you know, I wish, wish we could have played someone else. <laughs> the, uh, that doesn't work that way. You got to play, you got to play. And uh, but they, they were a good team. But I, I was... Uh, it was it was a great year you know anytime you get 10 wins it, it wasn't just, you know with in the last eight years we've been to the second round of the playoffs or further you know every year so it's it's like i said it's kind of expectation that's where we belong and our kids are working their tail off to make sure we stay there you know we've talked with a couple of coaches here today and we, we've kind of asked them you know we know it, it's busy for you guys can you kind of uh, walk for folks who are listening what is today like what what has the last you know hour and 20 minutes of your life been like before you you got on talked with us yahoos well, you know, one you're one you're nervous because uh, you know it is our livelihood, and they can put you in a in a district where it hurts your livelihood. But uh, you know, so you're nervous about, and you know, it's, the anticipation is fun, and you're you're in there with a group of you know 50 coaches that are all just as nervous as you, and and then as soon as it's out, everyone's scrambling trying to fill their preseason schedule, and you know, it's like it's like an auction. You know, people are like, I got four, I got I got week three, and you know, I mean, a couple <laughs> people say they have a week four, and you say you have a week four, and you look at them, you think I don't really want to play you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, some, you know, so you have to, you have to you know, figure figure out and, and close out fast because if you get stuck in, if it's noon today and you still have some openings, it, it becomes very hard to fill those games, those preseason games, and and you, don't, you really don't want to travel across the state, you know. So it it, it, it uh, that, that's that the crazy part is the preseason, the, the district you really can't do nothing about when when you get that you get that, but the preseason games are the ones that, you know, it, it feels like you're kind of in a you're like hustling to make sure you get good games and, and we don't have to travel, you know, too far. And, 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 you know, you set up before you're ready for district. You don't want to have an easy schedule. You don't want to have a really hard one. You want one that's competitive that, that gets your kids ready for district. Yeah. You know, coach, you mentioned the, uh, the, the size of the district. We, we talked a, a little bit about this, but you guys land in a six team district. So five district games. Is there, is, you know, is there an ideal number of teams you'd like in your district or is it just kind of, you know, whatever we get, we'll, we'll fill out the schedule regardless. Well, I mean, I, I love when there's an 18 district. I, I, I like uh, I like playing three preseason games and then getting into the to the battle, you know. And uh, sometimes when you play when you're in these five and 16 districts, you know, 
it's 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 quite a lot it's a lot of preseason games and 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 it, it kind of there's you know we did it three and four years ago where we had we were in a 16 district and you, you know you play those five preseason games and yes you know your kids want to win you want to win but you're also by that point you're, you're ready to go and, and you're ready to play meaningful games that you know that control your destiny a little bit uh, and finally coach you know you mentioned this off the top but you are uh you're, you're kind of reviving some rivalries uh you know beville jones the program you've got a lot of history with uh you know calhoun you've played in the past pleasanton teams like that I'm, I'm interested from from your perspective i know i know kids will get fired up for for seeing teams like that but but from your perspective how do you how do you feel about getting in a district with teams you're familiar with yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm good friends with Coach Liska at Pleasanton. I, I'm good friends with Coach Whitaker at Fort Lavaca. You know, it's, it's, that'll be good. Those will be some fun games. Uh, you know, we, we played Lavernia six times. My first six years, we played them six times. You know, mm-hmm. in that, in that span. And so, um, you know, that that was always, you know, it was, it was a competitive game, and uh, they they probably got the better of us in those six years. But kind of need to fire back and, and win some of those. Uh, but it it should be. Uh, it should be a great district, and um, you know, and Coach Sosa Beville is, is, you know, he's in, he's in the same coaching family as me, kind of. So, mm-hmm. uh, someone I kind of look up to, and I'm, I'm I, you know, anytime you get the chance to play someone that you know, kind of in your coaching tree, it's always exciting because. You want to beat them. (laughs) uh, It makes it a good time. Uh, Finally, Coach, uh, we know there's one on every staff. Um, There's one realignment dork on every staff who goes and they've got the maps and they've got the pins and they've got the, the, uh, the, the, the spreadsheets and things like that. Who is the one on your staff that is uh, who's got the, the microscope out and is trying to figure, trying to to plot out what, what the district alignment is going to look like? Well, my offensive coordinator, Coach Gutton, and, uh, <laughs> and, and and he doesn't really do it with a map. He has like a little, he has like a like a notebook that he scribbles all in. And he writes all these stuff. He writes all this stuff up, and he and, and he, he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. He's Chase Cyber. He's the head coach of the Rockport Fulton Pirates, drawn in District 154A Division One. Coach, we really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for for hopping on with us on a hectic morning, and uh, we look forward to seeing your Pirates in the fall. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. There he goes, Jay Cyber, head coach, Rockport Fulton. Uh, boy, you've covered the state. West, south, north. There you go. That's what we do around these parts. Two eighty two, four eighty one, five eighty one. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Again, that, that's what we do around here. Oh, we're trying. <laughs> we're trying. Um, all right. So the, the alignments are up on TexasFootball.com. We've got a lot more coming up uh, on the site, coming up over the course of the day. Uh, Step is furiously writing right now. Um, Step has been, you know, Step has been a kid in a candy store. This, this yes. is oh, thing. this is yeah, this is his Super Bowl. Yeah. Like today is his Super Bowl. Digging through the the, the data, um, and and a lot to di- to dive through. We're gonna have a ton of stuff on Texas to come. Later, we'll have an episode of Tep and Step, our premium high school football podcast, where we go way in depth on line on realignment. So you will not want to miss that. Um, a ton to get into, a ton uh, to break down. But that's what we do here. We got a whole off season to do it. Uh, is the biggest day of the Texas high school football calendar. Uh, and we appreciate our friends at Hometown Ticketing for sponsoring uh, today's UIL realignment coverage. Um, Ish, some some final thoughts from you. Um, wait. What are the what are your big takeaways? What is going to stick with you? What are you going to what are you going to go to bed tonight thinking about? Uh, so first, I mean, everybody knows I follow Maynard, and so uh, <laughs> I Way the usually, flag. usually usually that's where my that's where my eyes go first. Is always trying to figure out where Maynard's, especially since I grew up in Maynard was three A four A, and so I was mm-hmm. familiar with those uh, kind of eastern east of thirty five teams, and so ever since they've moved up, and of course now moved up to six A, uh, back up to six A, I should say. 
I was curious, okay, where do they fall as far as Central Texas goes in that that North Austin region? Getting thrown to Round Rock was not yeah. something I really anticipated. Um, so they're with District 25 with Austin Vandergriff, which is going to be obviously a huge challenge. Vista Ridge, Round Rock, Cedar Ridge, Round Rock High, uh, McNeil, Stony Point, Westwood. Different schools. Different schools that I'm not used to seeing um, uh, with Maynard and play Maynard. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to some of the guys on the staff there. And it's like, that's a it's an interesting challenge, especially with Vandergriff. I think them with Vandergriff, I think you'll probably put Vandergriff ahead of them. But them with Vandergriff are going to be some of the favorites in that district. But regardless, just a nice little uh, mix-up of... Um, uh, uh, just a nice little change of scenery, I should say. Uh, by the way, if you're interested, Lano got a pretty good draw, too. Yeah. Sting them. Yeah, that's going to be a. That's that's, yeah. that's that is be a, one of the, the, the favorite. They should be. Yeah, be a, they should be a come up in a favorite four. in Region Four. Um, yeah, sting them. Um, <laughs> uh, pickle. Uh, some final thoughts from you on on what we've seen this morning. Um, I would say that I am super interested in five AD one, and we typically say that we're interested in five AD one, but like we talked about, that power nexus in the left side of the bracket has kind of moved up a little bit, mm-hmm. so it's not the same thing that we've gotten so used mm-hmm. to seeing over and over again. And then the other side of that. That, that District 11, when you have, like we talked about it multiple times, but the College Station, the Cedar Park, yeah. like I think that is going to be an absolute blast. And the thought of maybe having a state champion come out of Region 1 and Region 3 is something that we haven't even yeah. honestly considered. Like, you're lying if you say that you've considered that at all well, from yeah. from the past couple of years. Yeah, exactly. You know, power uh, Region 2 has been the power nexus mm-hmm. uh, there. Now, let's remember, Peyto was the state champion from Region 3 last year. Right. But yes. that was, you know, obviously they took them to the wire. Right, I'm saying, yeah, when you, when you take a look at that you're going yeah. oh it's i mean we That's can go back to bracketology yeah. where we're circling this and going if the champion doesn't come out of here someone really lit it up in yeah. the playoffs and that's what they did exactly but i'm, I'm right. very excited for 5a division one yeah mm-hmm. I, I think that i think that you look at power districts i think that it, i think it's easy to start salivating over some um really fun mm-hmm. uh district matchups yes china Lorena and franklin Lorena and franklin <laughs> yeah. uh china spring stevenville china refurio mm-hmm. in district um you know we are you know it's one of those things that like Shana Rafira is a perfect example. We talk about that's a uh, um, we talked about before the year. Oh, we're waiting for that to be the regional final. Mm-hmm. We're waiting yes. for that to regional final. We might get in week eight. Yeah, now it's like you know? a, it's a it's comparative to like Munster Winthors. Yes. how we are so used to seeing them play twice. They play in week eight or nine, and mm-hmm. then we see them again in the regional final. Well, like I'm curious to see like how do you? By the way, Munster and Lindsay back in the same district this year. Beautiful. Ooh, yes. So probable. I'm curious to see how do you handle that game because typically I mentioned that that three way dance it used to be with Mason when Mason was thrown in there um, and Refuero and Shiner. You kind of like. It's kind of like a uh, you kind of look at them from afar for the whole mm-hmm. season. It's like, all right, what's kind of going on mm-hmm. over there? And now, and now, like, you know, what do you hide in the district game? Because you know oh, you're yeah. gonna see each other in the playoffs. Well, like, do you thing. hide anything, or do you just like do you is the district title that? important mm-hmm. you know getting that number one seating in that district is it that important that you just throw all of it out mm-hmm. in that one district game and then you know kind of just see what happens in the rematch or is there like oh we're gonna see them again so well we yeah and well timson timson's over there licking their chops at that shout out to uh hudson and his oh, yeah. favorite bears over there yeah. but they're looking going oh we're about to get a textbook of what this looks like before yeah. we play either of right. them you know you'll get a, you'll get a full week ahead of or you know weeks ahead of it instead of the week before. the week before yeah um big doings the uil realignment is is a massive day and coaches right now are uh scrambling right now uh, you know we, we appreciate uh, we appreciate what they do and we appreciate them uh the, the ones that hopped on with us tim buchanan at alito uh, jay cyber at rock portfolio and brian gibson at wink uh taking a little bit of time to, uh, out of their busy day uh so there it is we'll of course have uh wall-to-wall coverage of uil realignment at texasfootball.com so make sure you check that out uh that's going to do it for us thanks for spending a little bit a little bit ooh, 
Glad I'm glad I'm just now forgetting. An hour here. in, an it's hour, okay. Twenty minutes in. Uh, thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course see us at TexasFootball.com. For Ashley Pickle and Ishmael Johnson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please be your player of the year trophy. We'll see you later on Texas Football today.